your next promotion is just the beginning, and this podcast shows you how to get there. Welcome to episode number 181. Today's episode, I'm talking about how to become a corporate athlete. And you might have heard me talk about this term in the past, but the way that I really think about it has changed over the past couple of years. When I use the term corporate athlete, a lot of the concepts and action items that might come to mind are going to feel a little bit masculine to you. And I've realized that there is a feminine approach to becoming a corporate athlete that is not only more effective, but is going to actually practically work for you because you're going to be inspired to do it more every single day. And it's going to help you avoid burnout and be even more successful once you do make it into those higher level executive positions. I'm breaking all of it down for you in today's episode. Let's get started. Welcome to Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and I teach you how to get promoted, get paid, and bring your whole self to the leadership table. I am on a mission to change organizations from the C-suite out because women are the new face of leadership and we are doing it on our terms. Hello, corporate badasses. Welcome to another episode of Women Changing Leadership. I'm your host, Stacey Mayer. Super excited, as always, to be here with you again this week. So I was recently on a podcast interview with a woman, and actually, I'm going to be having her on my podcast in a few weeks, and I'm super excited about that. But in that interview, she told me at the beginning of the interview that she was going to ask me a couple of questions at the end of it. And one of them was, what are three words that I would use to describe myself? And I kind of had an answer made up in my head based on my values and sort of how I, in general, talk about myself to other people and talk about my leadership and so on. But I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to say at the end of the interview. So when we got to the end of the interview, she actually asked me that question as she promised. And instead of answering it, I had made the split second decision to ask her the question. And I said, well, what do you think based on this interview? What do you think my three words are? And I was so proud of myself for asking that question because I tell my corporate badasses this all the time. If you want to know how leadership sees you, ask them, especially if there's a leader that's constantly complimenting you or saying you did a great job. Just say something like, why do you think I did such a great job on that project? And they will tell you. It's amazing, amazing feedback. And so this woman described me as strategic, fun. And then the third one was really surprising and also super great and kind of leads into today's episode. But the third one that she shared was meta. And she talked about how throughout the conversation with her that I was constantly analyzing and thinking about the words behind the words and why I was actually saying certain things, why I deliver that type of advice to my clients, why some of my past stories led to my success, and really just the the why behind the actual story or situation itself, and really have this unique ability to, I guess, overanalyze. (laughs) 
which I think is different than overthinking. Another great trait, right? As an executive leader, and you hear me talk a lot about showing your work, and I think that is a big part of it. Showing your work is showing the why behind the work that you do. And so this is something that I do quite naturally. I actually enjoy doing. I love having these sort of deeper meta conversations, and it was nice to be recognized for that in the process. So speaking of meta conversation, today I am thinking about the why behind success in executive leadership. Like when I work with women and they really say, wow, I feel successful. What is it that has changed for them? And what is it that they're doing to really thrive at that executive level? Like, what are the differences? And a lot of times it comes down to confidence, right? This ability to make decisions, to feel like they own their seat at the table, that they don't have to overthink and overanalyze. And then I ask myself, well, what is confidence, right? What is it that they're actually feeling and doing and being that creates that confidence? And then the other question that has been coming up for me and my clients a lot lately is, this idea of avoiding burnout. So like not wanting to raise their hand for a role because they're afraid of burning out because the role models that they have in front of them are burned out. And quite frankly, they don't want to get into a position where that's just what they're going to have to do as well. And I completely agree. I don't want you to get into a senior executive leadership position just so that you quit or pull your hair out or hate your life not my intention in any way whatsoever. So what is it that executive leaders who are successful, quote unquote, in finding that balance in their life in having that level of happiness where they just feel that grounded level of confidence, they are enjoying their job, they really feel like they own that seat at the table. What is it that they're actually doing on the day to day? And the first thing that came to mind is this idea of being a corporate athlete. And back when I was teaching in women's leadership, we would talk about this concept as as sort of like a self-care concept. How are we taking care of ourselves? Because truthfully, if we're making decisions at that really, really high level, like you're in the C-suite, you have a lot of pressure on you, you're having to lay off half of your team, you are having to just like make decisions on a dime, you have an enormous amount of responsibility on your shoulders, you have to equal that with self-care. And I used to think of it as sort of like being a corporate athlete. And this is a very masculine approach to thinking about corporate leadership and how we can avoid burnout is like literally by doing more things. So that's when you'll hear things like a excellent morning routine and I go running. And, you know, there were early executive leaders that I interviewed on this podcast and I would ask them, especially the men, what were the secrets to your success? And it always had to do with this impeccable morning routine and the preparation that they did for their meetings and how they were getting themselves set up to be successful. And I I really believed that that was the definition of success, that that's what equaled their success. And I, I didn't really question it until more recently 
Because now I look at the women who are successful and I'm like, that's not what they're doing. These women don't have these impeccable morning routines. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, still dropping the kids off at school or even having to leave early and pick them up because one of them got sick. They're still juggling the ability to speak up and to say that they can't go on this work trip or that they want to work remotely or saying no to meetings. And they're still trying to figure everything out. They're still feeling conflicted when they have to lay off half their team or they work really hard on a project, but yet it doesn't come through to fruition, right? Or that they have an unexpected person on their team quit or somebody says something really nasty about them. The women who I'm working with are very much affected by all of these things, yet they still claim to have this grounded confidence, this ability to work through the tide. And so as meta as I am, I ask myself, why? What is it that they're doing different? And the answer is incredibly clear to me (laughs) because a lot of it is what I coached them to do, right? It's how we got there. They changed the way that they got into those senior executive leadership positions so that they could thrive in this way. And that's what I teach on this podcast. And today's episode, I'm going to break that down for you, the how. Specifically, what are C-suite executive leaders who feel that level of grounded confidence doing differently? And it doesn't look like a kick-ass morning routine. There are literally three categories that these corporate leaders are doing differently. One of them, I'm just going to tell you all three of them now, and then I'll break it down, is thought leadership, nervous system regulation, and number three, community. Those are the three things that women who are finding that level of success at executive leadership are doing differently. That does not include a morning routine. It might, but I'll tell you that here in a minute. Oh, it doesn't include doing twice as much work. Sometimes when I think about those exhausting corporate athletes, I'm like, that is exhausting. Oh my God. No, thank you. That's like another job on top of the jobs that I already have. So let's start with thought leadership. So this is really something really juicy to for you to start to think about now. So no matter what stage of your career you're in, you can start to develop and share your thought leadership. It basically means that you have something to say about your industry, about your subject matter expertise, about leadership. There is something that matters to you. There is a way that you're making decisions. There are unique strengths, unique skills that you bring to the table, unique opinions that you have. And then thought leadership just means sharing that with other people. So you can do that on the stage by giving public talks. You can do that by being on a panel. You can do that by mentoring other leaders. You can do that by working or giving a talk at your employee resource group. You can do that in so many different ways. Maybe you write articles. Maybe you start a podcast. (laughs) Whatever that might be for you, you are honing in on your thought 
leadership. Why is this so important to grounded confidence? Why does it matter so much in terms of your work-life balance? It matters because it gives you something to hold on to. When you think about your legacy, is your legacy on your deathbed, sorry, we're just going to go there, is it going to be that you were a CFO someday? Or is it going to be about your thought leadership, what mattered to you, the impact that you made on other people's lives? Usually people will say, especially women leaders, that it's the latter, right? It's really the difference that they made. And so we can get started on our thought leadership at any point in our career. And the sooner that we get started on it, the easier it gets because then we're just used to it. We're just used to sharing our opinions. The other thing is, is that it works on the reverse in that it gets you there. So a lot of my clients will start to share their thought leadership with the world or even just people at their organization and they start to get recognized as a thought leader in their industry. They, the other leaders at their organization begin to see their value as a leader. And they start to get recognized for their efforts, right? So you see how this works? If you start sharing your thought leadership, then one, you're doing the work that really, really matters to you. And two, you begin to get noticed for that work. Right. When I have conversations with my C-suite leaders who have that level of grounded confidence, every now and then they'll have a, one a coaching call about their difficult conversations or having to do a reorg or some of the technical details that they're working out. But for the most part, it's about what's next. What else can I do? How can I deliver on this talk? How can I have more influence in my industry? Right. That's the really cool stuff that we start to talk about at the C-suite. And to me, in my mind, if you are that thought leader, that gives you more fuel and keeps your priorities in the right place and helps you avoid that burnout. Another way that the women in my communities are giving back is the women who I've been working with for two or three years are now becoming mentors to the other women inside of Executive Ahead of Time right? Because they've gone through this process. They have seen results as part of the process that we're working on. And now they're giving back to the other women in the group. That's another way to share your thought leadership. So I actually see thought leadership as an active skill that is way more productive than a fancy morning routine. <laughs> so so if you want something, if you want to beat yourself up about something and figure it out and push yourself to exercise more, I'd say push yourself to do and deliver more of your thought leadership. If you're not sure how, by the way, join my leadership table because we work on that very proactively in my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. If you're not sure about that, reach out to me and we'll talk. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we actually start to see that progress in your well-being and in your job satisfaction. The second thing that I mentioned that makes women successful at that executive level is nervous system regulation. And in executive ahead of time, I call it managing your emotions, right? We have to have tools to be able to work through all of these emotions that are coming up for us on a regular basis. In general, in general, 
women tend to be more emotionally motivated, right? And I am an incredibly high emoter and I've always been told I'm dramatic and I've had a lot of shame around that. So I'm very well aware of the fact that, you know, not everybody is as emotional as me, but I'm also not afraid of my emotions anymore. And so I'm not trying to tamper down our emotions, but we have to understand and learn how to read and work with our emotions in a way that actually helps us progress. So how I'm talking about it in today's episode in terms of having that grounded confidence and being successful in executive leadership is through nervous system regulation, which means our goal as a C-suite executive is not to have things get easier because they won't. It never gets easier. We are always going to have to have somebody on our team that we have to lay off. We're always going to have a project that we worked really, really hard on get cut at the last minute just because someone on the board decided to cut them. We're always going to have some shitty ass person at our company that creates a toxic work environment and you feel like you can't do anything about it except for ignore them, right? There's always going to be something happening when you work with other human beings, and I'll tell you on the entrepreneurial side, I'm still working with other human beings, even though I only have a four-person team. I'm still working with a lot of different attitudes and people and emotions and all kinds of things come up for me as a leader. So no matter where you are, what the important tool is, is nervous system regulation. So what do I mean by that? It means learning how to calm your ass down. (laughs) That's it. Learning how to calm your ass down. You will get upset. You will freak out. You will have moments of panic. How do you get through that, right? Are you somebody who goes for a walk? Are you somebody who stops talking because you know that your tendency is to keep rambling on and on and on when you're really upset? Are you somebody who just takes deep breaths? There are so many tools that we can use to get our nervous system regulated. Now, at my level, what I've been doing for the past couple of years is proactive tools, right? So what I just listed are some reactive tools where when you feel that heightened emotional energy, these are things that you can do. And now I've taken that all to a next level where I have proactive tools. So a really easy one is like yoga, right? If you're somebody who does yoga all the time, you know that your nervous system is at a different level, a different skill level than it used to be. If you're somebody who has a regular meditation practice, That's a proactive nervous system regulation. We're not using meditation to calm down. We're using it to change our mind, to really reset our brain so that it doesn't overreact in those moments. There are other tools like tapping. I recently did a loving kindness meditation for my leadership table badasses where we walked through how to how to literally connect with something that's outside of ourselves, something that is bigger than us. Because a lot of times when we're getting upset and we're freaking out, it's because we're so absorbed on us and we're scared for us and our safety. But when we can connect with the greater world, then we start to be able to relax. So that's an example of a proactive nervous system regulation. So I notice over and over again, corporate badasses, that are successful have these practices in their back pocket. They understand what those tools are. 
They're not playing the game of someday it'll all get easier. Someday I'll have this all figured out. Someday I'll have all the answers and then my nervous system will just be easier. I won't get as upset. No, they're actually planning to get upset. They're planning to overthink. They're planning their reactions when these things come up and they're training their body and their mind to do something different all along the way. So you double down on nervous system regulation (laughs) and I am telling you, you are going to have more grounded confidence when you make it to the executive suite. And the last skill that makes you an even more badass corporate athlete than, than any male corporate athlete could ever be is community. And what I mean by community is a couple of different things. It's your internal community. So at your organization, right, you've been doing 15-minute ally meetings. You have resources. You have connections. You feel like you have somebody to go to. You're not stuck when a certain situation comes up. You have different people at your company besides just your boss who is rooting for you. You have allies all across the organization so that if somebody gets laid off or if somebody quits, you haven't lost your single sponsor, that single person who was on your side. So having those 15-minute allies is critical to your well-being, to your ability to feel confident just because you have resources, because you have people that you're getting advice from and you can actually connect with them. Another way that corporate badasses build that community is externally, right? So having 15-minute ally meetings with people you admire, right? A woman who you saw give a talk at another conference, and then you actually reach out to her on LinkedIn, and you start having regular conversations with her, and she fuels you, right? This is all part of building your personal board of directors. So those aren't just internal people that you're connecting with, but external people who motivate you. Who are you putting into your ears? What books are you reading? Who are your mentors that you've never even met, right? Just people who inspire you and that keep you on track and keep you focused on the right things. So that's your external community. And then your coaching community. So I really notice a huge difference in the confidence that the women feel when they belong to executive ahead of time. And I'm not just saying that because my program is amazing, which it is, and it's an incredible, incredible community of women. And the work that we're doing is really, really hard. And we've all got each other's back and we're challenging each other and supporting each other in really cool and big and wonderful ways. But I'm also saying any community where you've got women who point out different situations to you. So for instance, we had a woman on today's executive coaching call who came in and she was like, you know, I'm not really great at asking for a promotion. And instantly I was able to point out to her that she had been in this program since 2021. And so even if she hadn't directly needed to ask for a promotion, because she had gotten several promotions since joining the program, it's just she didn't have to ask and go up to her boss and say, hey, I want a promotion. She didn't have to do that. Why? Because she did everything else that I teach you to do. And then promotions come, right? But this is the first time she's had to ask. So she's saying, I'm not really good at it. And I'm like, you know what? You are. You've been in this program for two years. You've been hearing us talk about how to ask for a promotion for two years, 
you know something that the average person doesn't know about getting a promotion, right? Hands down. Even if you're just listening to this podcast, you know what it takes, even if you haven't actually tried the process. You've heard me talk about the process, which already puts you heads above the rest. So I noticed that the women in the community have a higher amount of grounded confidence because they understand and they have people who are going through the same challenges as they are in a coaching container that they believe in, that they have people that they can get coaching from, right? That they know that if they're ever freaking out, if their nervous system's going off the rails, they can show up for a Wednesday coaching call and ask Stacy. They have very direct support. They know somebody has their back. When you know that, when you feel that, when you have that level of community, you have grounded confidence. When you have grounded confidence, you have less stress, you have less burnout, you have the ability to make choices for yourself. You know that you have choices. You understand your value. In full circle, you're able to put your thought leadership out into the world. You can really see the benefits of your leadership and the impact that you're making. And you get that fuel from the service and being able to give back to the community and the world at large. You have the tools to understand how to regulate your nervous system, to normalize it, to not feel bad because you're upset once again over a difficult coworker. Of course, you're going to be upset. Of course, you're going to be upset when a person at work acts like an ass. Of course, that's going to make you upset. But you have ways to regulate your nervous system so you feel in control and you have that community to fall back on. That is the new definition of being a corporate athlete. That is the feminine definition of being a corporate athlete. When you begin to do this trifecta, you can start it at any phase in your leadership career It is going to give you that grounded confidence to raise your hand for those higher level positions, knowing that you know what to do next. And it's also going to give you that grounded confidence once you get into those roles to really have the level of success that you crave so deeply. I am really excited to see this change, and I am so thankful to be your guide and to help you get there. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Before you go, I have a question for you. Do you know how close you are to your next promotion? Really? Not what your boss has told you, not what you even believe to be true. But have you actually taken the time to sit down, take an assessment, review the five categories that it takes to get promoted into senior executive leadership positions and decided where you fall in each category and given yourself a ranking on a scale of one to 10 of how close you are to getting your next promotion? Have you done this? Well, now's your chance. If that feels interesting to you and you're like, hey, I want to know exactly how close I might actually be or how far away 
you might be and what it's going to take to get you even closer, then I invite you to take my promotability quiz. This is a quiz that I put together with practical tips that actually tell you where you're lacking and where you're winning. What are the areas that you actually need to improve and not necessarily what your boss is telling you all the time so that you can take concrete steps towards landing that next promotion and changing the face of the leadership table. Go to yourpromotabilityscore.com to take your free assessment today, yourpromotabilityscore.com, and let me know how it goes.